Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Debbie War Zone, the Debbie Football Podcast, and here is your starting lineup. Jerry Sinclair, Michigan State Spartan Dog. Shane P. Hallam, the Ohio State University. Kane Fussell, University of Minnesota. Sky Yuma, row the boat. Josh Dysinger, on Wisconsin, Wisconsin Badgers. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I just got pointed at by Randy, which means it is time to go and it is time to get started. I am your host. Thank you for coming back to another edition of the Debbie War Zone. My name is Jerry Sinclair. Some people know me as the man of the hour and the man with the power. Easily the dumbest person on this show. And Josh decided to tell us to piss off one more time. One of these days, I promise, whether Randy has to send him money to get him to come on, he will come on. But he's shaking his head. He doesn't like that idea. But it's got to be him because it can't be me. Uh, I'm going to introduce the guys that you already know about. One's a dude that already has a seven-round 2021 mock draft up as his pinned tweet on Twitter. He's a Debbie analyst for Fake Pigskin. He's also an NFL draft analyst for DraftSite. He's the co-host of the Debbie Marketplace, which is the graduate program to this Debbie. Mr. Shane P. Hallam, my friend, what is popping? Not not much, man. It's just uh, Big Ten Big Ten football back since we uh, since we last broadcasted. Pac twelve coming back this weekend, so I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm just just embracing it and loving it, Lo- loving loving life. I did not love the first week. You're a Buckeye fan, so you have enjoyed everything, and you will continue to enjoy it. Um, luckily, Hopefully. last week last last week was nice for me. Not week one though. After we got curb stomped by Rutgers. The other guy, another guy that's just, he's hes a Debbie analyst for DLF. He's the other host of the Debbie Marketplace. Just a genuinely good guy. I'm going to switch my strategy here. One of the great human beings, not only on Twitter, not only in this community, but as a human being that lives on this planet, very positive all the time. 
Mr. Kane Fussell at Debbie underscore Kane. And more importantly than all of that, has an adorable new puppy that I thoroughly enjoy all of the sleeping pictures of. What's up, buddy? Yeah, so Winston is actually uh, sleeping right next to me right now. Um, you might hear some louder snores. So th- for this dog is six and a half months old, but snores like he's been around for 80 years. Like <laughs> he snores like he has been a woodworker and like been down in the mines. Like he, like he snores like a dude that should have black lung. Like he <laughs> he gets it with disease. Um, but yeah, super happy to be back. As always, you can find all of the stuff that Shane and I are working on on the Devi Marketplace, uh, where we just dive deeper into Devi and do a lot of mock drafts because they're just really fun. Um, they're just really, really fun to do. So that's that's what we got cooking. And is there really anything more fun than mock drafts when you do this? No, no. This is the no. one thing we all obsess about. Well, and I th- I think the really fun thing that we've been doing with mock drafts is we've been trying to like change them up so much, right? Like some you we couldn't draft like any of the top guys or any of the guys from 2021 class or even the top guys from the 2022 class to really make it go deep, right? And get some of those other names that you wouldn't hear as often. Um, then we like last week we brought in just a great guest of Katie Flower, um, who's absolutely fantastic. Um, FF Skyler 399, I think is her Twitter handle. She's just an absolutely great person. And then we just did a straight mock draft, a Debbie mock draft that we haven't done really in a while. So it was, it was cool to see how those positions have changed, especially with, you know, Journey Brown not playing right now for Penn State, trying to figure out what that health situation is like. Jalen Waddle breaking his ankle, um, really knowing that that's going to push him down the draft boards, but does that mean that it pushes him down Devi boards? So we, we work through all of that stuff and it really great conversation, especially because uh, the whole time we're trying to focus on Devi strategy and really trying to take not just our team, make our teams better, but trying to make our process better. And that's, that's really what makes good Devi teams time and time again. And I, to, to steal just to talk about it a little bit here and to steal something that Katie said, um, which I thought was super great advice that if you're trying to rebuild and you're trying to sell, say you're trying to sell a guy like Allen Robinson um, or Adam Thielen or something like that, and you want to get Debbie picks, that's great. Get Debbie picks and Debbie players, but you also need to get at least one cheaper dynasty asset that's in the NFL, right? Cause then if that guy goes off, then you can sell that one and keep the process going. But if you're constantly just selling for Debbie picks and Debbie players, then you're just kicking the can down the road and you're never really going to increase on value. Um, you're just going to hopefully be better in four years than you were this year. But for three years, your team's doo-doo. So, you know, like really, really think about that. Cause I think as soon as Shane and I heard that, we were like, damn, like that's a really, really good piece of advice. Like, why don't we? Why don't we listen to that a little bit more? Like, so I'm I'm definitely gonna uh, include that into my into my trading thoughts a lot more with with Debbie picks, and I know Shane is as well. Even though Shane won't trade me, Jerry and Ely, he's shaking his head. He says, "You're pissed off, sir." <laughs> I don't no. blame you, but I have a man named Christopher Olave. Oh, maybe we will have talk again, but it's, that got to be Jerry and Ely plus. Oh, come on now, come on now. <laughs> Okay, 
Okay. <laughs> We're making you, trades you, on the air. It's it's all falling apart. Listen, I hope it happens. <laughs> Not at this juncture. See, that's why Kane's a stickler, man. You gotta you gotta always watch out for this guy. I, I've always wanted to interact with Katie. When I first started getting into this, and I had no idea what in the hell Debbie even was. I would listen to them on the uh, the UTH podcast, and she was always on it. Just smart as hell. And one of the people that really got me into wanting to join a Debbie League, and then eventually I did when Shane Manila got me in. And then he dipped after a year. Thanks a lot, Shane, you turd. But uh, I've been getting my ass kicked in that league for, I think, like five or six years now. So that's why we actually did this podcast, so I can get better. I didn't want to tell Randy that. but um, So today we're going to talk about quarterbacks. Because if there's one polarizing position, it's quarterbacks. If there's a good one, they go at the top of the draft. There's always the sneaky guys. There's always Justin Herbert and Daniel Jones and Josh Allen that round out the end of the first round, and they always help you win. It's a big position. It's Most of us play super flex. They're by far the most important. Uh, we're not going to talk about Justin Fields as much as I would like to talk about Justin Fields. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. My, my computer froze real quick. Uh, we're not going to talk about Justin Fields as much as I would like to talk about Justin Fields. We're not going to talk about Trevor Lawrence, even though the man has COVID. So that was, that was a little fun. We're going to see how that's going to go. We're going to talk about the other guys. Um, as far as dynasty players, you've heard of those guys. I, I, I don't talk to Kane. I don't talk to Shane about guys that I already know about. So I, I just want to talk about some of the quarterbacks that we've seen. Is there any that just stood out, that, that have just really taken that jump? Maybe maybe it's Mac Jones, maybe it's Zach Wilson, maybe it's it's any of these guys. Uh, and if you could tell the people sort of who, who they are and where they play, that would help too. Anything from either of you? So, you know, I'll, I'll kind of start with that general overview, and then, you know, we can see. I, I think, obviously, coming into this season – Right, we kind of had the big three. Uh, you mentioned two of them: Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance from North Dakota State, who we've talked about before on here. So, you know, I won't belabor him. Um, I'll, if we want to, I'll let definitely Kane take a, take a, that helm. Um, so, but you know, we've kind of feel like we've kind of three guys really emerge in this season as uh, players who have some big ceilings and big potential, right? And that's uh, Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU. Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama, and Kyle Trask, the quarterback from Florida, right? I think these are the three guys that everyone's looking at. Okay, the next kind of tier after the top three, here's three that have shown uh, NFL ability um, right off the bat, and we're kind of seeing NFL traits, statistics, and, and positioning happen. Um, you know, and, and I, I think the the question, I, you know, I'm a big draft capital guy. That's, that's what I – kind of like to do because you know if there's one thing that correlates to NFL success it's draft capital and so um, I think it's a really good conversation right now is where are these players going to go in the NFL draft and if you can um, you know know who's going to be there's going to be one in the first round there's going to be a fourth quarterback off the board I feel pretty confident that this year we're going to get a fourth quarterback coming off the board in the first round that generally happens. Um, I, I think getting a fifth quarterback off the board in the first round uh, is, is fairly rare, right? We had it happen uh, in that Lamar Jackson year in 2018. Uh, the time before that was 1999. We've had five quarterbacks going round one. So it's not very common. I think for it to happen this season, 
Um, would be kind of tough. I think there's a lot of teams that do quote unquote need quarterbacks, or we might feel they need quarterbacks, but we know teams don't always feel that need or they'll wait, or they'll be like Jacksonville and just not take one. Right. It happens all the time. And then, you know, some people said it's all six, all six are going in the first round. And that, uh, that hasn't happened since uh, what Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, um, you know, in, in 1983. Uh, so, you know, that that's that's probably not going to happen. So I, I think what uh, us as fantasy players or guys that are, are Debbie players, or you know, if you're just looking at superflex rookie drafts coming in, is okay. Who's who's going to move up? Uh, who do I want to have in that good situation? You know, I think each of them kind of bring different things to the table. You know, I'll, I'll let Kane. I don't know if you want to go into a, a couple of these players, uh, but I think those are kind of the the three that we need to talk about. Uh, first up on this show uh, because they're getting the buzz and people are seeing those NFL traits kind of come through. The question is just going to be, you know, what are the flaws? How are NFL teams going to view them? And, and, you know, how do we view them as potential NFL assets? Yeah. So I think if we're talking about, you know, the the big question that Chan brought up, right? Like who's going to be that fourth quarterback off the board. And I think that's, that's the really, really interesting conversation because, you know, like Shane mentioned, some people are saying that six quarterbacks could go. The three that Shane mentioned on top of, you know, uh, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask out of Florida and then um, Zach Wilson out of BYU. And I think I think for me right now, uh, my fourth quarterback at the moment is Kyle Trask. Um, Kyle Trask is is just a player that he's playing at Florida. He just does everything solid. And I think the really, really interesting thing, like peeling back the curtain on just Kyle Trask as as a player, is that before he came in for Felipe Franks, who ended up getting injured and then transferred to Arkansas, um, when he got injured this past season in 2019, um, Kyle Trask hadn't started a game since his freshman year of high school. Um, so that's a little wild, right? So like, obviously he had better quarterbacks in front of him at Florida, but in high school, he had Derek, Derek King. Uh. Um, so they're, they're the same age. So, you know, I can see why, right? We can all see why maybe he didn't play a whole heck of a lot. Um, but that, that shouldn't discount him because the things that we've, that we've really seen improve between 2019 and 2020, um, this messed up year that we call 2020 is just the, the, things that take playing time to correct, right? So his pocket awareness has gotten a whole lot better. Um, his his ability to now actually drive the ball before he was really past, like Shane, Shane can probably touch on this as well, but he was really throwing off his back foot a lot. Um, and he was doing this Brock Purdy thing. But, but the kicker is that Brock Purdy just has a much stronger arm. <laughs> Brock Purdy out of Iowa State is the reference there. But... Um, but that shouldn't discount Kyle Trask, right? He's still a great player and he's making terrific reads. He's not a guy that's going to throw a lot of interceptions. He's a guy that's going to repeatedly make the right play. And everything that he's doing, this huge improvement that we've seen from 2019 to 2020, he was only facing SEC teams in both years, right? Like when you're halfway through the season taking over, you're only facing SEC defenses. And and, and we can just see how, how quickly he he really got onto the scene last year. Right. And people were wondering like, is he really going to be a guy that we need to worry about that we need to talk about for the 2021 NFL draft? And yes, we should have been talking about him before. If people weren't talking about him before, they were just choosing 
to not see what a progression of a good quarterback can look like, right? So as we see this progression into 2020, we know now that that he's getting better um, when he drops back. He's really seeing the pocket a whole a whole lot more, which is touching on someone that that Shane mentioned before. That's something that Justin Fields has done a whole lot better in the in these first two games versus what he was kind of doing last season. Um, so big step up for both of them in that regard. But Kyle Trask now has he always had the accuracy, but he now has arm power, right? So he has the power and he's actually driving that power. Um, so he's, he's making sure that he's actually stepping through his throws, which, um, you know, as much as I know Memphis is listening, but I know he loves himself some Baker Mayfield. Um, one thing that Baker Mayfield, when he gets flustered is he doesn't throw off his front foot. He throws off his back foot and that causes interceptions and incomplete passes. Um, so really when we're thinking about this as a whole, we're seeing a guy that's just consistently improved from the 2019 season to the 2020 season and a guy that hasn't played since what I can't do math, but like 2011, like 2012, like that's a whole lot of time to wait and never really start a football game. So we're just seeing crazy improvements. And I think for me right now, that's my fourth quarterback on the, on the board and real quickly following uh, him is Zach Wilson from BYU. And what, how much of a difference do you see between those two guys? Is it, is it, is it a big, a big gap or just, just sort of your preference? Cause I know you've been a Kyle Trask guy before and yeah. just, just to give the listeners, I mean, this dude has 18 touchdowns and two interception. He has 68% completion percentage. Dude's been kicking ass and taking names in the sec. So yeah. big, big drop off or just, is this sort of just your preference for Kyle Trask? Um, so I think they, the way that they play football is extremely different. Um, and so I think that's, what's a little exciting, um, is that Zach Wilson has incredible deep accuracy. Um, some of the best deep accuracy that we've seen in a very long time coming from a college player. Um, but you know, we're, we always have to talk about this, but he's not really facing difficult teams. Right. I hate talking about it, but it's something that has to be brought up. Right. Um, so I don't think they're too terribly far apart. I think Zach Wilson is an early second round pick right now. Think like Drew Locke draft capital. Um, what do you go with the 210, I think, or 212, somewhere around there? Um, but yeah, I think he has the ability to become a starter in the NFL. And I think, I think he would fit really well on a team that, that does push the ball down the field. He's not going to be a dink and dunk type of guy because that's just not his his play style. If you want a game manager that's always going to make the right reads and never really try anything too risque, um, Kyle Trask is going to be the guy for a lot of people um, because he's not going to make bonehead decisions. Uh, what about Mac Jones, Shane? He's Is this dude just a product of I play at Alabama and I'm a rich kid living amongst rich kids or – or, or does he have it? Because this guy coming in was not necessarily who everyone wanted to see as the starting quarterback of Alabama. He's come in. He's looked pretty good. What's your take on him? Is this some guy that could potentially be on a fantasy roster? Any comp you have for him? Whatever you got. 
No, I, I think Mac Jones has, to me, come in and done much better than I expected him to. I know Kane and I talked about him before the season, really kind of wrote him off. I mean, I, I thought he'd start two games and they'd bring in the five-star freshman, similar to what happened with Tua. Um, but, you know, it didn't happen because Mac Jones played really, really well. And you know, he has NFL size. He's 6'2 to 6'3". 215. Um, I mean, he has completed uh, most of his passes. I mean, I think he's at 78% completion percentage uh, for the season. It's been, you know, crazy efficient and effective. Uh, Once again, just like Kyle Trask playing in the SEC. And I I think that that always is impressive uh, when you see that. I think the Georgia game, you know, Georgia was a top five team at the time. Uh, Georgia's defense at the very least is still an elite uh, college defense. You know, Texas A&M, another really good college defense. You know, Mac Jones tore them up. He threw a pick in each game, but, um, you know, he, he played really well. And I think you can easily say, and and God knows I probably will at some point, uh, say, well, this is the guy with that who maybe had the best receiving weapons in college football too, and, and Jalen Waddle before he got hurt, and Devonta Smith, uh, John Mechie, the – um, the third receiver is really, really talented, right? They're, I mean, they're bringing a five-star. They have the best offensive line. You know, he, he's, he's not getting pressured. Um, and so it, it, I think it's really tough to evaluate him, uh, just just like it is Zach Wilson, too, because of the, the teams he plays. I think Mac Jones is tough to evaluate, just like a lot of Alabama guys. When you have an, uh, a, a great run game, best run game in the country, perhaps with Najee Harris, Trey Sanders, uh, the best offensive line. Yeah, he, he throws a really nice ball. Uh, I think his arm is a little bit stronger than I wanted. But, um, you know, I think in terms of NFL tendencies, there's still a tendency for him to kind of float the ball up in the air. He definitely makes the receivers make adjustments to his throws. I don't think his ball placement is elite by any means, um, and especially in terms of short to intermediate throws um, outside the numbers. I think he struggles a little bit, um, but generally he's still completed those passes because he can do it. Uh, you know, I I, I kind of hesitate. You know, before the season, I really we can kind of compare him to AJ McCarron, right, former Alabama quarterback, who you know kind of had the tools, had a really good offense around him, thirty touchdowns, three interceptions, yeah, winning games. I, I, I think the caveat there is we did mention he has a, had a better arm than McCarron too. Uh, right. So it was AJ McCarron with a better arm, but we, you know, is the draft capital going to be there, Shane? Well, I, I think I think that's a question. Like, I, I think he's proven to be better than AJ McCarron, right? That was kind of the preseason eval, and like I, I like Kane said, I think mean, you know his arm is better. Uh, is he going to be a first round pick? I, I kind of be surprised for that to happen. I, I just think I think there's going to be too much trepidation for teams to um, invest heavily in this guy when it really could be the team around him, and um, he doesn't have elite tendencies. Like, I think. Why I have Zach Wilson as well, just like Kane does above him, is Zach Wilson ha- has made some elite NFL throws. I mean, he's dropped balls in deep uh, to uh, tight, tight coverage, double coverage. Mac Jones has not had to do that. He has not, you know, done that. And it's not to say he can't be successful in the NFL, but I feel like Mac Jones is going to be that guy that gets, I think he'll get drafted in the second round. I think someone will take a shot on him. Um, and, but I think he's that kind of player that, uh, is good in the is like Derek Carr, you know, I think might be his upside of a of a guy that's good. Is he great? No. Is he really bad? No. What do you do? Andy Dalton. You know, you kind of get stuck in the middle just from a, a and I'm not 
basically talking about as a player, but kind of how they'll be on an NFL team. Uh, those guys aren't great fantasy guys. They, you know, they're never going to win you anything. Carr has flashes. He has games. I think it's going to be Mac Jones. And I think of this group, uh, if, if you told me um, of these top six, five were going to be franchise quarterbacks, I'd say, well, it's not Mac Jones, right? Uh, very easily, I'd say he's the guy that doesn't have that ability. So I think I, that's why I kind of put him on the lesser end. I think the ceiling is lower. The floor might be higher. I don't like that for fantasy. It's not necessarily what I want. And I think it's worth mentioning, too, especially as we we see um, people, right? We see these a lot, right? We, we're going to see a lot of mock drafts, and we're going to see a lot of rankings of prospects for NFL draft purposes. Um, and I think... And I think it's worth mentioning, right? And Shane can touch on this a little more, but for some, you're not going to see guys like Kyle Trask and, um, you know, Zach Wilson ranked in like the top 20, 25 of prospects. But you might see them being drafted in mock drafts as top 20, 25 players. Um, And so that just speaks to the whole right? Just the whole need of quarterbacks and how people will really reach for them. We can go back to when Christian Ponder was drafted um, by my (laughs) wonderful Minnesota Vikings. And you were just seeing so many quarterbacks go before him that they felt like they had to reach for their quarterback. Um, The New York Giants say hello when they drafted Daniel Jones at seven. You know, like we see this time and time again that, that yes, it might not be the highest player on Mel Kuyper's board, um, they might not be going with best player available, but that doesn't mean that that the linebacker or the guard or, you know, whoever, right, your Wyatt Davis, your Micah Parsons or whoever, that doesn't mean that they would mean more to a team than a quarterback. So just kind of keep that in mind. And I think it's worth repeatedly bringing up because we're going to run into this question so many times. Right, Shane? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's exactly what's going to happen, right? And, and I, I think... Man, I, I think this this draft is going to tell us a lot because it's kind of a very raw NFL draft where there's teams aren't going to have as much tape uh, as they've had in the past, right? They're going to have to make some decisions on some of these guys from a, a year of uh, film, Trey Lance, uh, or you know, not have uh, only have a handful of Pac-12 and Big Ten games. So, because uh, I think what Kane's saying is true, I, I think that's why we'll see it. Whoever that fourth quarterback is. I think he's going to go really high. I think he's going to go top 15. It's Kyle Trask. Maybe it's Zach Wilson. Um, you know, I think it'll be and – then, and then I think we start getting to the point of um, teams being like, well, I now I don't want to spend that top 20 pick on – you know, someone's going to reach for that fourth one. But after that, I'm good. You know, after Jordan Love, I'm not reaching for a guy. After Paxton Lynch, I'm not reaching for the other one, right? You know, <laughs> then you, you, start, you start saying maybe not. Now I'll wait till round two, you know, and – and get the other one. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Maybe someone sneaks in that back end and takes, you know, you know, uh, Zach Wilson 32, you know, like Lamar Jackson, if someone trades up, whatever. Um, but does that mean that they're worth that? Not, not necessarily. Kane can't handle that. You said snuck into the back end. <laughs> okay. So that not was often you. do I hear that phrase. That one was for you, Kane. That was just a little. That was you know, really good. But I, th- I think what, what Shane's bringing up is really true. And I think a lot of that goes to rookie drafts as well, right? Like, let's say that, that you know, the fourth quarterback goes at like pick 31, 32, something like that, right? That doesn't mean that they might not be – they could still be pushed up in rookie drafts because it's a quarterback in Superflex leagues. 
even though four, five wide receivers were drafted before them in the NFL draft. Um, So I think that's something that we have to keep in mind too. And it does translate to rookie drafts. And I think that's the time that you can capitalize it if an owner's kind of um, really confused about what's going on, especially you can do that in, in Devi leagues um, as people might think that they're not getting the draft capital with that. They might want with some of these guys. My question is, is there anybody that you guys think that maybe if they just ball the hell out the rest of the year, they could really make a name for themselves. Any, anybody out there that you've seen that has maybe shown a little bit and wants something or, I don't know, like a, a wild card, so to speak. Is there anyone that just sticks out in this draft? Or y- yes, in, in this draft, we're going to talk to you guys in a second, though. Yeah. I I have I have two names. I mean, they're both long shots, right? That's what we're talking here. But I think there's two guys that are you going to uh, say TM two right now? Uh, I'm not actually. Okay. I'm not after those two games. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe that Minnesota's played a game yet. <laughs> no offense to you. Um, uh, we first, haven't played, so I can't take that as an insult. First, the guy that's moved up to my QB7 is Phil Jergovic from Boston College. You know, uh, that game against Clemson, the, that first half, uh, super impressive. You know, he has has the pedigree, um, you know, was, was a big-time recruit to Notre Dame, then, then transferred to BC. I, I think his arms improved. Uh, I think he's commanded that offense. For that, that offense ran through AJ, AJ Dillon. He looked you know, last year I was like, oh, this guy's a placeholder just to hand the ball off. And now he's he's moving the ball. He's doing some creative things. You know, I think if there's a guy that's kind of a sleeper that could go round three, round four and have an NFL future, it's him. And then we haven't seen the Pac-12 play yet. And so, I, you know, I, I think that is something to keep in mind. And so, you know, one guy that, uh, you know, I really found out about before I started with Kane from – uh, from Zach on, on the Patreon podcast was Chase Garbers from Cal uh, is is a, a talented player with a good arm, some a little bit of athletic ability. We haven't seen him play yet. He could completely suck. I don't know. You know, like uh, we're not there yet, but uh, he's definitely someone that I'm intrigued by. If I'm looking at the Pac-12 that I haven't seen, he's probably the one guy I'm like, well, he could have an NFL future. And if he comes out and throws five touchdowns a game and has a 78% completion percentage now, Oh, wait, there's another guy out west that we got to talk about. So those are kind of the two very long shots. Neither of them might even get drafted. I don't know, you know. But I think if that's kind of the question, that those are those are two where I'm at. I don't know about you, Ken. Um, I think the one that I'd mention is Kenny Pickett, because um, I th- I think Kenny Pickett's going to get drafted. Um, he's he's the quarterback out of Pitt. Um, do I really believe that he's going to get like any sort of day one, day two draft capital? Absolutely not. Um, but I think he's going to be a really, really solid backup for eight years. Um, You know, when you're in leagues like we all are, right, with 40, 45, 50 roster spots, um, like Jake Luton was already rostered, right, (laughs) in some of these leagues. So it's it's really trying to find even guys that are going to be suitable backups. And I think that's that's something that Kenny Pickett could could really fit in well. Um, And... I'm trying to think of another name, but I'll just tell you that one guy I know that's going to get drafted and Shane and I have argued about, about the Texas star, Sam Ellinger before. Um, I I know he's going to get drafted. Like I'm pretty sure that Shane knows without a shadow of a doubt that Sam Ellinger will get drafted. Um, but it's, it's, 
is he still going to be a quarterback or is he going to turn into an H back? Is he going to turn into a tight end? Um, that's everything's up in the air with that, but he, he has some juice. Like he's not a terrible player. I think I, I will say that. I think the Texas play calling is absolutely horrendous and you thought that would have got better with the new offensive coordinator, but that was wrong. Um, also my brother's a huge Texas fan. So I get to hear about this like all the time. Um, but Sam Ellinger, I think is at least a guy that we have to keep on our radar just because he's going to get drafted. And you know, as well as I do that, you know, if he gets put in the right situation and he has to play eight, 10 games because of some crazy injury, he's going to have some value, especially in super flex leagues. And when you guys say you argue about him, are you, a, are you a Sam guy, Shane or no? You guys just are are just raining all over his parade. Yeah, I I, I think I think generally no, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, uh, I think he's he's one of those uh, one of those Colt McCoy types. Like here, he's you know he's he's tough and uh, wins games that he doesn't. He loses games too. Uh, you know, comes back against Oklahoma State. He can run. He's athletic. You know, he's kind of one of those career uh, backups at best. Like, and and I think I think that's what's tough about quarterbacks and super flex is that there, there is, there is a line that gets drawn right uh, to there's no reason to take, you know, these guys in the sixth, seventh round that get drafted in the sixth, seventh round to kind of take them. But, you know, as Kane said, look, if, if you can get a guy that's going to be a backup in the NFL, how many quarterback injuries do we see every year? You know, sometimes you, you need, uh, Ben DiNucci to go out there and just give you three points, you know? Uh, Gucci DiNucci. <laughs> you know, I mean, I watched him in high school. I didn't think he'd ever be playing in an NFL game, I'll tell you that. But, um, you know, sometimes you need those guys. Sam Ellinger could be that kind of guy that runs for 60 yards in an NFL game, and there's fantasy points. So, you know, I think the quarterback position in a super flex league is such that uh, if you have deep rosters, um, if a guy's going to have any kind of draft capital, it's worth holding him for a year or two to see if he can ascend to be that backup quarterback at the very least. Or, you know, Gardner Minshew, um, if he never plays another game again, you, you got your fantasy worth out of drafting him wherever the heck you drafted him and picked him up off waivers, right? So, you know, I, I think that's that's the thing is don't, you know, I, I, even the same manager that I don't think is an NFL quarterback, I can't write off because if he has decent, if he has fourth-round draft capital, um, he's probably going to play in an NFL game and I might need him. You know, I might need him. So if I learned anything right there, it's before the draft, somebody out there will certainly hype this man up and I should ignore it is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, he for sure going to get hype. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. going to be that guy. This, this happens. Every Hashtag the draft starts in mobile. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Right. He's, he's going to be a senior bowl darling. Dude, that's exactly what's going to happen, right? He's going to blow it up. At the, I love that. Good job, Kane. That, that's on the money. He's going to blow it up at the Senior Bowl, and then he's going to be that guy that, like, a month before the draft will say, there's some rumblings that Sam Ellinger might be in the first round. Then two weeks before the draft, some teams are considering Sam Ellinger in the first round. And then he drops to the fourth round. We're like, what happened? I heard he was going to go in the 20th pick. And then, you know, he drops to the fourth. That happens every freaking year, and we, we just fall into the trap every time. Penny Hart says hello. <laughs> remember the penny heart hype oh my I, god it was getting out of control because he you know he did really well at the shrine game and then gets called up to the senior bowl and then kills it at the senior bowl well the thing that 
the position that they never have good players at the senior bowl is cornerbacks. So it's like, well, and that was the year the cornerbacks were getting overdrafted the way that it was. So then all of a sudden Penny Hart, what goes in the seventh round or gets undrafted or whatever the heck. And people are like, Oh, I thought he was so good. Like Ashton Doolin. Like, yeah, well, it happens with quarterbacks too, right? How many times did we hear Jake Fromm was going to go in the first round? That was a yep. news report three times. How many times did we hear Ryan Finley was going to go in the first round? He was a fourth round pick that we heard that multiple times. It happened. Uh, I think Mason Rudolph got first round buzz. You know, it just happens because people think teams are going to draft quarterback. And, and that's what gets me about the six quarterbacks in the first round. Yes, teams need quarterbacks. They don't need them that badly. Like there are, there are, are there's so many teams with bad quarterbacks, but there are very few teams with no quarterbacks. Like that, they have to reach super hard for Jake Fromm in the first round because they're not actually going to do it. Uh, I, I, I think that we have a, a disconnect with how NFL teams think about quarterbacks sometimes and how teams look at the Senior Bowl, how teams look at the the process. You know, it, it just. Just, just be careful on the hype train on some of these players. Not that they can't be good. Not that Zach Wilson and Mac Jones and Kyle Trask can't be NFL starters and be good fantasy players because they can. But uh, don't get sucked in to someone's going to put Zach Wilson as their number two, three quarterback or their number two quarterback in the draft and, and have him go in top five. It's going to happen. We're going to have a mock draft with one of these there guys going top five. There were tweets about that on Saturday. Yeah. That's saying that people aren't even sure that Justin Fields is quarterback two. And it's like, bruh, are we watching Chill. the same games? Like, Chill. are people just like eyes closed, full heart, can't lose? Like, like doing it the wrong way? You know, like, guys, like, stop. Like, stop. You know doing damn it. well they are. It, it happens in every position, in every yep. facet of this fantasy game. That's why I wanted to bring it up because it's, bruh, I, I he, just thought Travis Kelsey traded for Zach Wilson and some fab. Okay, thank you. Oh my god! In a tight I mean, end premium league, so yeah. Oh, see, I mean that, that that's that's Devi players getting just that. Uh, Randy, uh, he's a person that likes to make fun of Devi players because they do shit like that, and that's one of those things that happens. All right, speaking of dumbass moves yeah. and guys who have really pooped their pants. Who is the guy that you really think has pooped their pants so far? Who is hurt? You you talk, go ahead. Go ahead. Go first. Ooh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to name some names, but if you Quar- got them, go quarterback? ahead. Quarterback? Is that where? Yeah, yes, quarterback. Um, I'm just going to take the really, really low-hanging fruit, and I'm going to go um, the guy that seem- seemingly bounced from Wake Forest <laughs> to Georgia to not Georgia to no, no, he's going to play at Georgia to are we sure that he's going to play at Georgia to like no, he's totally going to the NFL draft. Like we have to watch out for this guy, Jamie Newman. Okay, I've never seen a guy that has bungled this process more than Jamie Newman. Like his old teammate Sage Surratt wants a few words, but like Jamie Newman has bungled this process so badly. And I'm going to see how many times I can use the word bungle while talking about one player. Right. So Jamie Newman, we know that he had, he had. Good athleticism. I think that was the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway that you can you can see from his Wake Forest film. Um, we know that Georgia really needed a quarterback. And so he he transferred over to Georgia, and we really thought that he was going to be the guy. Um, then JT Daniels transfers from USC to Georgia. And then all of a sudden, we get rumors saying that Jamie Newman isn't sure if he's going to play at Georgia this season. Um, and then we get another 
then we get the report about a week later that says, nope, Jamie Newman's opted out. He's getting ready for the NFL draft. And so the the fun thing is some people were talking like, what school are they going to call if he gets drafted, right? They're going to call Wake Forest or Georgia because he never played at Georgia. <laughs> they're they're going to call Georgia. It's going to be glorious. Right. And that's going to be hilarious to me. But what, wait for all the Georgia fans to be like, yeah, another one's drafted. Another one's drafted. SEC power. Like, like, bruh, he didn't play for you. Um, but, right, this is a guy that that we really wanted to see him take the next step. And that's why we were excited for him to play at Georgia. He was going to be facing more difficult defenses. But, yes, he was also going to have more talented wide receivers and a better offensive line, which Wake Forest, I'm not sure, had five healthy linemen. I think it was, like, some tight ends that they made eat pasta before the game. Like, I think that's that's what they were throwing out, and it just looked like a torn pair of jeans that a millennial would buy. Like, it, it was just awful out there. And so we thought, you know, with a good offensive line, with a good running game, um, we would be able to really see him perform well. We were wrong. That is not how it worked, because he didn't play. And then all of a sudden, he's going to the NFL draft, and people were hyping him up as the best quarterback in the SEC. This season, like he's, I don't even think he's going day two. Like, where's he going to get any hype from? Like, oh, he killed it at the combine, bro. It's like, cool. The top five quarterbacks didn't throw. Like, you know, so I don't know where you're going to get any of this hype for for Jamie Newman. Um, But whatever it is, if you have a Jamie Newman share, um, first bit of hype, sell him. Because he will not get drafted day two. You know, you know where that hype could come, though? Mobile. Senior Bowl? He could go. <laughs> Draft starts in Mobile. There it goes. Listen, torn jeans are highly fashionable. Shane, you got a guy that you just – he has crapped his pants. I, You know, I, I, I don't know if I'd go full, like, diarrhea pants crapping, but – Just I a think, little sharding, uh, though. Don't but do I, it, Shane. I, Shane I, please don't do it. I, I will not. I will not. I, like, I thought about it. I'm going to pass on that. I, I'm going to go over to Iowa State. I'm going to take Brock Purdy, oh. um, the, the, Iowa ah. State, the Iowa State quarterback. And, and Low-hanging fruit. I, right. Look, we got to take it. I mean, look, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't been god-awful, but when you start the year – Against Louisiana Lafayette, you know, you get what's supposed to be a little more of a layup game. Louisiana Lafayette's a good team, but you're Iowa State, you're in the Big 12, and uh, you're below 50% completion percentage, one interception, no touchdowns, 145 yards. You you just just crap the bed right off the bat. I mean – it was like, oh, there goes that hype. Just, just hit a wall, right? And, and Kane, Kane had been saying this for a while because Iowa State was replacing almost their whole offensive line. Uh, this was not going to be pretty, and it wasn't pretty. And, and then he started playing those Big Twelve defenses, which apparently are worse than Louisiana Lafayette, uh, and had a little bit of success, but it never was stepping to that elite level where people had him in the first round, had him in the top fifty, um, and then you know against when he when he played. Oklahoma State played really poorly. Um, he's he's just not he's not a great quarterback. And he's another guy. He's going to get drafted. You know, someone will take him. But he, he's he's six one, six foot. Uh, he's not you know ideal size. Um, he's he's athletic. He can move around like that. That's day three draft capital. So you know, I think he'll go after Jamie Newman. Um, but I I don't think either one. I think both of them are going to be those guys that were kind of uh, big hype coming in that. Uh, 
they're floundering to make an NFL roster, and that's just not what you want to see. Like, he has more question marks on him than a person on Tinder only putting up group pictures. Like, (laughs) a lot of question marks. (laughs) Yeah. That's Shane or (laughs) Kane, damn it. Wasn't that a good analogy? Listen, I don't have a Tinder account. But neither do I. I've been married I, 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 for got, a while. I got it. But uh, well, I wrote down three names and you guys hit two of them. So that makes my job easy as hell. The other one was Chase Bryce because he went from Clemson, and then he went to Duke, and now he's absolutely putrid and Oof. has thrown more interceptions than he has touchdowns. And that's an ugly scenario. Um, talk about Debbie, guys. Guys, it's, uh, enlighten me on anything that you've seen, anything. I mean, we've had a couple guys. The kid from Wisconsin, I mean, he has COVID, and we don't know when the hell we're going to see him again. Uh, but that dude came out and just I, – I don't want to play against Wisconsin. I can tell you that right now. Um, the kid from UCF is pretty good. Spencer Rattler's a name you're going to hear a thousand bazillion times. Talk to me. Say either one of you, some one of you, give me a give me a master's in this. Sure. Um, sure. I, I'll, I'll kind of do a little overview and I'll, I'll let, I'll let Kane clean up all the, all the fun, uh, you know, fun details on this, but you know, I think I love we, being on the cleanup crew. Yeah. Look, look, I think that the 2022 class uh, at quarterback is, is looking like uh, another very strong group. Uh, you know, we're, we have Sam Howell from North Carolina, who I, I think has played worse than he did as a freshman but still was showing a lot of those um, a lot of those tendencies where the defense has given up a ton of points and he has to try to match. And uh, I think he's still a good NFL quarterback. We have Keaton Slovis over at USC, hasn't played yet. One of the most accurate passers is a three-star freshman. Uh, you know, so I think he's going to be a really good prospect. Another Pac-12 guy, Jane Daniels, Arizona State, has that Lamar Jackson-like ability. Uh, excellent runner. You have to contain him, uh, but has a good arm, is accurate, can throw on the run. No, he's really good. Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma, you mentioned, a really big physical talent. I think the mental talent still has to kind of get there in terms of, you know, reading defenses and going through progressions and uh, making making the right passes, you know. But, uh, man, he flicks his wrist and throws at 50 yards. You know, it's really impressive, really tight spiral. I like him. You mentioned Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. Uh, I, th- I think he's a player. If he plays like he did in that first game, um, he you know, he was a big-time recruit there. And honestly, should have been starting from day one as it was. You know, I, I think I think all five of those guys have a lot of potential, and I think this 2022 class is going going to be a pretty strong quarterback class. I'm sure we'll have one of them, you know, completely crap out right as we always do. But um, I, I don't I don't know how you feel, Kane, but I, I do think we're that's the 2022 class is not going to be great uh, for us as fantasy players. But I think the quarterbacks might be kind of the shining point of it. Yeah, I think I think you mentioned some of the biggest names. Who was the fifth name you mentioned? Graham Mertz, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think I think if we're going to mention any other people, I think um, I heard I didn't obviously watch it, but I heard um, Maryland beat up on an unknown team. Um, so uh, Talia Tagovailoa, Tua's younger brother, um, I heard played phenomenal. I obviously didn't watch the game because. Uh, I didn't know about it. Um, and then Spencer Sanders out of Oklahoma State. I think it was really, really disappointing. Um, first game of the season, he gets hurt. And I don't even think we really heard if he's ever coming back this season or really what that's going to look like. Um, but I think those are two guys that that we have to mention as well. And I, I don't know 
Jerry, how deep you want us to go into the weeds here on some of these top quarterbacks in this 2022 class. Um, I mean, if you got a name, give, give me a name. But if they want to go absolutely bananas, batshit crazy, they can they can go to the, the marketplace. But yeah, whatever, whatever you want, go, my friend. Listen, um, I have a pen. I have a piece of paper. You tell me what I need to know. Um, so I, I'll only just bring this guy up because I want to butcher his name. Um, oh, okay. And so this dude's from Clemson. Shane already knows what name I'm about to say, but it's Tyson Fomanchel. I don't know how to say his last name. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, so we have to find a way to shorten that. It's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Like yeah. it, That's a rough one. But I think he's one that is really going to surprise a lot of people um, because he is eligible in the next in the 2022 draft class, but he's not going to get any playing time. Um, but I think, I think this is, I think he's going to get drafted even though he doesn't play. He'll, 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 he'll transfer. I mean, he's going to transfer out of there. Right. Do you think so? Yeah, Like realistically, what if he doesn't like, what if he stays at Clemson? Like I thought you were going to get drafted. I thought you were setting me up for DJ ukulele, but you went this guy and I Googled this. I got nothing for you. I'm usually I'm I'm usually pretty good with some <laughs> names. I got nothing for you. Yeah. Fomachan? I don't know. Well, we haven't even gone to the 2023 class. Yeah, we're right. just sticking at the 2022 class. But we'll hit up DJ Ukulele. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, Kane definitely. Kane, let can I, let me let me ask you though. You know, at the top of 2022, yeah. how do you kind of see it shaking out between? You know, we have how we have Slovis, we have Daniels, Rattler. I mean, I think those are kind of the big four right now. Where where do you kind of have them ranked, I think, for people that are looking forward and looking at those big names? So I, right now I have it Slovis, Howell, Daniels, Rattler. Um, but I don't believe that's the way they're going to get drafted. Um, and that's with obviously a lot of question marks because the Pac-12 hasn't played, like you mentioned earlier, Shane. So Keaton Slovis at USC and Jaden Daniels at Arizona State, I think – are guys that really have to take big step, steps forward. We saw Keaton Slovis really boom onto the scene as soon as JT Daniels got hurt at USC this past season. Both were freshmen there. Um, and then, then you know, we're, who knows, right? It, that's that's the really difficult thing is with all this with all this COVID stuff going on, right, is that we haven't been able to evaluate these guys at the same time. Um, so the progressions through the year are going to look much different for all these players. Um, but I think... I believe probably Howell will get drafted first. That would be my guess. Um, and Spencer Rattler is really going to excite people um, because he is a good quarterback. I he I don't think I, I'm just trying to find the easiest way to put this. I think he believes in his arm talent more than he should right now. Um, so he's trying to pull a Trevor Lawrence and. And the one thing that people might want to knock Trevor Lawrence about is that he doesn't go through his progressions very often because he doesn't have to like, right. When you have an absolutely phenomenal arm and you can fit it into any sized window, like you just can't, you can do it. Like he's just going to throw it there because he can. Um, But Spencer Rattler doesn't have the same arm talent. So I think that's why we're kind of seeing him, um, not really play up to his potential right now just because he's trusting himself and thinking that he's just a little better than he actually is. But as soon as he uh, finds 
finds the way that he's going to play at OU, I think he's really going to succeed. Um, but I think the really, really interesting one for me, and I know it's interesting for Shane as well, is Jaden Daniels coming out of Arizona State because he's a guy that has a really high completion percentage, but he's also really mobile. Um, he can take off and run if he needs to. He can move around the pocket really well. And, you know, he's going to repeatedly put up decent numbers at Arizona State. And I think the big question for Shane that I would have is, if he just kind of continues with his current production, is he going to be an NFL first-round pick, or does he kind of need to improve both this year and next year? You know, I, I think I think it's a fair question. Um, I, I I think the production does usually warrant a draft capital, right? I mean, I, I think NFL teams, more than we think, will take production into a higher account. And so, you know, even if you don't have the best arm, even if you don't have, um, you know, even if you're not playing against top-notch teams, you know, if you're putting up big numbers, someone's going to draft you. Uh, so, look, obviously I want I want him to improve. I want to see improvement. I want to see uh, more, you know, more NFL progressions, NFL reads. I think that's something every college quarterback can work on. Um, but, you know, Big time production, man. I mean that that's that's going to get you drafted. So I think it's what makes I think it's what makes this this twenty twenty two class really interesting. Is you know you have you have a team that, that wins a lot. You have a quarterback that's put up numbers. You know um, it can pass. It can pass one of these guys that I have in the top five. Uh, you know it could definitely happen. And then let's talk about the twenty twenty three class real quick. Uh, I want to bring up one more thing after that before we get out of here. I mean, I mean, it's it's a situation where not a lot of these guys are playing or getting tons of time. So if you've got got people, I know we saw a DJ play this week with Trevor Lawrence out. Uh, if there's been any other ones, fire away, Kane. You got anything, Shane? Anything? Um, so I'll, I'll do the overview on on this one, and then I'll have Shane kind of dive into some other guys. Um, so. Right away, there was a clear top three players. I know a lot of people say top two, but I think there were a clear top three guys kind of coming into um, college football as freshmen this season, especially at the quarterback position. You have DJ Ukulele. That was me uh, playing a ukulele slash slap in the bass. That was just for you. Um, <laughs> that's that's so, not what a ukulele sounds like at all. <laughs> well, I wasn't about to bust out into somewhere over the rainbow. Okay, so, like, I, I don't know what the medium is. Okay, so you're either getting one end or the other. So take that, right? And so you had DJ Ukulele at Clemson um, and then Bryce Young going to Alabama. And those two were kind of your five-star guys. And and people really thought those were going to be the top guys. But let's not forget at Ohio State, CJ Stroud coming in. Um, very, very t- talented quarterback. I think um, the, the biggest issue that, that we might have right now is that he wasn't even backing up Justin Fields. And I know, right and I know we can go into, well, when Ohio State's, you know, kicking the ass of an opponent, they put in upperclassmen. Like, I get that, right? Like, that's what all people should do. <laughs> like, I get it. Um, but C.J. Stroud next year with Justin Fields going into the draft this year, I think it it's a very real possibility that C.J. Stroud could take over that offense. Um, and so he's, he's a very talented quarterback as well. I think then after that, it really gets hairy. Um, there's even, you know, a three-star guy that, that is putting up some good production. Um, or maybe he's a four-star guy, but Jeff Sims out of Georgia Tech. Um, 
he's playing really, really well. You have Harrison Bailey, who should be playing in Tennessee because Tennessee's clearly not good with Jaron Garantano because he's, oh yeah, not a good quarterback. And, you know, and then, so, you know, then you get into guys that, uh, when will we actually find them playing, whether that's Jay Butterfield over at Oregon or, um, you know, some of these other guys that, that we're just not sure if they're ever going to see the field. Um, so I think that's really the question. But Shane, if you want to dive into some of these guys, that's at least the overview, especially when we haven't seen a lot of these players. Uh, absolutely. I think it's always tough to project or a couple games in for the Big Ten with two games in, Pac-12, we don't have any games, to say, uh, here's a freshman that's going to be a stud in the NFL, right? And if the th- But the thing is, if you had done that, uh, when Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were coming into college, I mean, you, I, I'm, I'm in a Debbie league where someone drafted both of them in high school, and now they're sitting pretty in that super flex league. Let me tell you, right? They're looking good. So you know, you you can do that, and I think as Kane said, I, I think DJ, uh, as we we uh, lovingly call him, ukulele and, and Bryce Young from Alabama, they are those two guys. I mean, I mean, they are probably I think heads and shoulders above the group. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Jeff Simmons, Georgia Tech's been impressive. C.J. Stroud has potential, but he's gonna he's got another four or five star quarterback coming into Ohio State next year. And Kyle McCord, like that, can happen too when you have these these kind of um, um, log jams that the quarterback position can happen. Um, you know, a, a couple others that one that we've seen play a little bit, I think flashed a little bit, is Shane Illingworth from Oklahoma State when Spencer Sanders got hurt. You know, he got was he was he great? Was I like ah oh, NFL pro? Not yet, but. I think he showed some progression. You know, Spencer Sanders is back, Ellingworth back on the bench. But, you know, it could be someone in a year or two that I think is worth uh, keeping in mind. And then two other guys that I like at big-time schools that, you know, if they get a shot and they're good, they're going to get drafted high. It's Hudson Card from Texas. You know, Texas recruited two four-star quarterbacks, Hudson Card, Jaquindon Jackson. And um, Jaquindon Jackson, more the, the, the runner, um, athletic type, Hudson Card, more the drop-back passer. Uh, so I think it's easier for them to put Jackson somewhere else in Card uh, quarterback. So I think he's an intriguing guy. If he comes in, he'll probably be the starter next year. You know, another situation, hey, if you take Texas to the playoff, I mean, you're, you're, you're God, right? So, you know, that can happen. And then um, one guy that, that Kane has talked about in our show, um, so if you want more, go and listen to the Every Marketplace, is Anthony Richardson from Florida. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen in Florida when Kyle Trask goes. Emory Jones has gotten some work. But, man, Anthony Richardson is big. He's strong. He's fast. He has a good arm. Like, he has all those things that the NFL today really likes. Uh, I mean, the upside's big. Once again, you, you, you beat SEC defenses, you get drafted. So, you know, when I look at freshmen, it's like, who are those top guys? I want that. The top recruits usually generally work out. Um, who are some guys that we're seeing play as freshmen, the Jeff Sims, the Shane Illingworth, uh, that, that are playing well and could develop? And then it's who is in a good situation that when they if they will take over and are really good, that I know they're going to get drafted high. And I think that's kind of how I like to look at a freshman class when trying to evaluate for Debbie. And the thing I want to close it out with is scouting is it's big in the game we play. It, it's big in Dynasty, and it's an imperative when it comes to Debbie. You cannot not scout and play Debbie. You'll, you will have shit. You'll have my roster. Sorry, Jerry. You're bad at this. Um, how do you trade for him? 
how do you trade for Debbie quarterbacks? Not Trevor Lawrence, not Justin Fields, not even, not even the guys that are coming out, not even Kyle Trask, you know, Rattlers and all the guys' names you just named off. Is it something you try to do, or is it just something that you see players just sort of, they draft it and then they just hope and it just sits on the roster? Because I, I had I had Baker Mayfield. I drafted Baker Mayfield in like the ninth round one year, not even knowing who he was. I just knew he was the Oklahoma quarterback. It ended up working out for me, and I ended up trading him off later. It was actually the only share I've ever had for Baker, of Baker. Randy would be proud. So what do you guys do? do you, it like, you know, we could be in a situation where we had – Ryan Fitzpatrick starting on our team or Jimmy Garoppolo who gets hurt every other week and hasn't been great to begin with, or maybe you were relying on Mitchell Trubisky as some people were behind the glass to succeed this season. Yeah. You keep quiet, Randy. And you, you need to trade for a quarterback for the future. How the hell do you do it? Anything. You want, you want to take that one, Kane? You're, you know, you're, you're usually wheeling and dealing more than me. I'm not going to talk about tight ends. I don't want. I don't want to hear Kane tell me to go kick rocks somewhere. Okay, but there's some very interesting data that we can bring up when we're talking about tight ends. If you want to go there, just oh, that's just, you know, we don't need to go now. Couple months, couple months, we'll get. There. And that data is coming from Peter Howard, so you know it's actually accurate, <laughs> not just me kind of just saying numbers, hoping they they stick, <laughs> right? Um, so that that's a really interesting conversation, right? And. And people will not give up quarterbacks lightly. Um, so I think the first thing that you have to do, um, you have to be willing to overpay. And it, and it's not necessarily overpaying, but it's overpaying in your own eyes. Right. And that could mean that you're trading NFL assets for a guy that you don't know where he's going to get drafted yet. That's going to have to happen, right? Or that could mean that you're giving up um, a lower-end NFL asset for a guy that, let's say, like a Jay Butterfield and Ethan Garbers, right, that that might have a shot to go to the NFL in a really, really deep Debbie league. And you just – you have to take the shot because the more quarterbacks that you have on – your on your on your college side of your Devi rosters is only going to help you, right? Like Shane and Shane looked at one of my rosters one day, I think, and I had, I think there were forty five college rounds, and I drafted sixteen quarterbacks, right? Like there's there's a reason why that happens, right? Because let's say that four hit, I have a twenty five percent hit rate. Those twenty five percent that I got right are going to be worth more than almost any other player I could have drafted at that, at that spot. So I think, I think first is you have to really be cognizant of, of your league. Um, If quarterbacks are going really, really early, um, especially ones that are closer to the NFL draft, then maybe you're going to have to hold back a little bit and take some shots on the guys that are a little bit younger in your drafts. Sure. you got to know your league for that. The second is, um, if you can somehow have a Zach Wilson or a Kyle Trask or, um, you know, a Mac Jones, something like that right now, and there's someone that is absolutely loving them, and you can get, let's say you're trading Kyle Trask and you can get 
um, DJ Ukulele or Bryce Young plus a piece, right? Because if it's a straight Debbie league, um, you could possibly get like one of those two guys plus Tank Bigsby or Jameer Gibbs, right? Because they don't want to wait those three years. They want the points next year on their rosters. Um, so I think that's that's another thing you have to keep in mind is, sure, you're going to be getting younger, but you need to also accrue value while you're doing it. Um, I think the last thing I'd say is it's not easy to trade for a quarterback in a super flex league, um, especially one that had a good game or two. Um, because I can tell you right now that I have more Jeff Sims shares than probably just about anyone else. Um, and I will not let him go for just some measly player. Um, because I've seen Jeff Sims play and as a freshman at Georgia Tech. And if you can just put put on, you know, those future goggles and just see where his progression could go, like it's get turns into a very, very exciting player. Um, so I think that's that's just something that you gotta keep in mind. I don't know if Shane has anything to add to that, to my to the ramblings of a crazy person uh very late at night, but what do you got? Yeah, and, and I won't belabor too much. You know, I know we're we're uh, running running long here, but um, I think I think Kane's right. You know, I, I think I think it's a just a super. And it's also a complex discussion because every Debbie league's different. You know, we're like Kane said. You know, he's we're in a forty six round college draft. He has sixteen quarterbacks. You know, you're you're never going to be able to get a quarterback after that. Uh, but if you're in like a five six round super flex Devi draft, there's going to be quarterbacks also that fall through the cracks. And so if if you if you know if you don't get that guy, now you got to be will you got to be willing to pay the money to go get him to go get Joe Burrow to go get Mitch Trubisky. You know, take your shot on those kind of players when they Zach Wilson he didn't get drafted, Mac Jones didn't get drafted in your Debbie draft, right? You know, most likely. So, you know, you, you can go in the rookie draft that's depleted and get those guys. Um, but you know, I think for quarterbacks, sometimes it is just, just grabbing that shit and throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks volume sometimes can be the key. That's how you make spaghetti. Yeah. You know, and volume can be the key, right? Like if, if, you know, if I'm in a Debbie draft next year, and I'm assuming these freshmen this year haven't been taken, you know, that you, your first round pick draft DJ ukulele draft Bryce young, you know, a uh, third round draft chain, Illingworth draft one, draft one of these freshmen, you know, draft a couple of them. And one's probably going to work out and that might be all that you need. Right. So um, I, I think that's also a viable way to do it, but um, the value conversations, what we talk about on the Debbie marketplace, you know, Kane really nailed, how you have really have to focus on value and improving that value uh, so that you can make those trades. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't even delve in the trade thing because I think it's really hard, really tough, really hard to do. Um, but, uh, you know, you have to it, – it, it's tough sledding. It's tough. There's not enough quarterbacks to go around in the NFL, let alone when you try to get college guys too. And isn't that the story of our lives, that sometimes it's just too damn hard to trade? Gentlemen, good episode as always. I got – a page and a half of notes. I got names. I don't know how to spell. I certainly spelled them wrong. Uh, is Ellingworth uh, with an E? That starts with an E. I. I. God damn it! I had I at first, and then I changed it. All right. That's what. That's what I have. That's what happens when I sit here. I sit here. I write all the names down. I was really hoping you wouldn't say any future Ohio State quarterbacks. I was really sad to hear about another good one that's coming. That's really unfortunate. And the story of my life. But they, don't worry, they got two in that same class. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, That's just yeah. fantastic news. Thanks for that. 
Mm-hmm. Good. And, and, we, and we have the number one running back recruit coming in next year, too. So don't worry. Don't worry. They also have another four star running back in that same yeah, class. Yeah, so two of them for you. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, at least Jim Harbaugh <laughs> have a fun time. That happy a little bit. Uh, all right, guys. Let's get out of here. Uh, tell them where the where they can find you, Shane. What what you're doing, anything you got going. It's usually an absurd amount. So let, let them have it, my friend. Yeah, well, you know, follow me on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. You can definitely pop questions our way. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I think we're both always happy to answer those um, DMs, whatever, you know, um, send it over. I'm happy to help. Uh, Thinkpigskin.com. I write over there. Draftsite.com. If you want to see my mock drafts, 2021 seven rounder. Still working on that 2022 seven rounder. Um, and then, you know, I'm trying to convince them to get, let me do a 2023 seven rounder, but I don't know if they will. Um, so maybe soon. Um, yeah, that, that's, and then, uh, you know, come check out the Debbie marketplace, you know, Kane, uh, does all the legwork. I just show up and do the show and, uh, you know, we have a good time. We, we have some great guests. We talk, we talk. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we have a Patreon, you know, if you're interested, um, five bucks, you get kind of a private chat with us and we have a good group of guys in there and, uh, you know, drop some, some exclusive Patreon podcast too. So, um, yeah, it's a good time. I don't know. Uh, go ahead, Kane. You can, I'm sure I forgot something. Yeah, just to add on that Patreon chat, it, it's really neat because we'll dive into your Devi rosters. Um, the the big thing right now is Campus to Canton Leagues, and we deal with a ton of C2C questions because all of our all of our patrons um, have a lot of C2C leagues. And, like, the crazy part is you can only get, like, one or two claims for the entire college season in a lot of these leagues, right? So not only are we, like, kind of giving you some names of who to keep in mind there, but you can even send us the lists of everyone that's available. Um, Sal literally just did that. Um, this, I think, yeah, before, before this weekend, because he had waivers coming up and he's like, here are these like 20 players here, are the top 20 players right on my waivers, who would you pick up? And like, we'll even tell you how much fab you want to spend on them and all this stuff, just to make sure that you're, you're getting these guys and whether it's going to help just your college side or just your NFL side or anything like that. So we'll help you through all of that um, over on the Patreon. And that's the Devi marketplace on Patreon over there. Um, yeah, that's, that's what we got working. It's pretty exciting. And it's always good stuff, man. I mean, just, just sitting here is a good time. I like spitballing with you guys. It doesn't it doesn't hurt that we all hate Michigan with that we're sitting here and that makes me feel better. Kane a little bit more so this in the last couple of weeks. I but, don't know what you're referring. <laughs> uh Randy, I see you back there. You got anything to say? You want you want to chime in before we get out of here? No, I've uh I've just been doing some work and I am prepared to uh, get ready for some drafts. It's it's the reason why I sit in and listen. I could just hit the record button and go like walk the dog or, or watch the Sunday night game, but this is the stuff that I don't have time to do in my own. I'm I am the listener. I am the consumer of the Debbie Warzone. I need to know about these names because this is why we have Shane Kane and so many others on during rookie season. And I have a pretty good idea of what players I want once they get on an NFL team, but I don't know that I would be interested that they're on the NFL team if I didn't get all this good stuff early in their college career. So no, I'm just uh, thrilled to be here with you guys and uh, another great show. I'm just happy that you're not editing from the toilet. That would make this uh, an awkward thing to do when I called you out, but 
I'm Jerry. He's Kane. He's Randy. He's Shane. Here at the Debbie War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Later, players. Hey, guys. Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re- rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr- uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. <laughs>